The Jesuits and spiritual directors of Ignatius House Jesuit Retreat Center invite you into prayer. As we begin our prayer time, we pause for a moment, rest our bodies, and sense God's loving gaze upon us. God is here, inviting us to be still and know that I am God. Today, I ask for the grace of courage in my commitment to the gospel. This week's reading comes from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart, and so is justified, and one confesses with the mouth, and so is saved. For the scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all, enriching all who call upon him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone to preach? And how can people preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. This week's contemporary voice is from Dorothy Day. We can talk about Christ's mystical body, about the vine and the branches, about the communion of saints, but Christ himself has proved it for us, and no one has to go further than that. For he said that a glass of water given to a beggar was given to him. He made heaven hinge on the way we act toward him in his disguise of commonplace, frail, ordinary humanity. Did you give me food when I was hungry? Did you give me to drink when I was thirsty? Did you give me clothes when my own were all rags? Did you come to see me when I was sick or in prison or in trouble? Let these words sink into your soul.
This week's reflection comes from spiritual director Sarah Otto. Paul's letter to the Romans was written with an earnest attempt to unify a divided church in the first century. So lest you think there was once a glorified time without the presence of church politics, think again. We unfortunately have not known church without rift and division. The Roman church was deeply divided. The number of Gentiles who had converted to Christianity left the community looking very non-Jewish in its practice. And that was causing tension with Jewish Christians who were still very tied to the Torah. And so their debates centered on things like whether non-Jewish Christians should celebrate Sabbath or eat kosher or be circumcised. And Paul stresses throughout the letter that his fellow Israelites are missing the point. Salvation isn't going to happen through obedience to the laws of the Torah. Jesus's death and resurrection has changed all of that. It's not about performance. It's about faith in the risen Lord. For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Sounds simple, right? Not exactly in the first century when this was written and when Christianity was not the predominant religion of the time. To confess Jesus as Lord put the early disciples in danger. It disrupted family and other social relationships, and oftentimes came with great economic risk. Think of the times Jesus warns his disciples in the Gospels that discipleship would not be easy. In Luke, he warns how a household will be divided, father against son, mother against daughter. In Matthew, shortly before he dies, he lets the disciples know that their fate will not be so far from his own. He says, they will hand you over to persecution and they will kill you. You will be hated by all nations because of my name. I can't imagine how terrifying that would have been to hear. The confession of faith doesn't sound so simple anymore, does it? But in this letter to the Romans, Paul is assuring the followers of Jesus. No one who believes in Jesus will be put to shame. So how do we hear that in our culture today, in a country where Christianity is the predominant religion, where most of the times it doesn't take courage to profess Jesus as Lord, but in some ways has become trite with bumper stickers and hashtags? If Paul were preaching to the church today, I think he would have a different message. I think he would challenge us to see that our words have lost their meaning that our profession doesn't have implication, that we have forgotten the cost of the call, the challenge of the gospel, that our lives are no longer interrupted or disrupted. To profess that Jesus is Lord demands a congruence of our beliefs, our words, and our action. To truly live out our faith does take courage because it is inconvenient it takes time and energy and resources to practice the works of mercy that Dorothy Day speaks of in today's contemporary word. To truly live out our faith takes courage because it is uncomfortable. As a white Christian today, it is uncomfortable to acknowledge that racism is still so prevalent in this country 
and that my own silence plays a part in that. And so preaching the gospel today means proclaiming loudly that Black Lives Matter, especially in the wake of another horrific mass shooting as in Buffalo. To live out our faith takes courage because it can feel lonely. But hear the words of Paul, you will not be put to shame. So let's be courageous, friends, and lace up our shoes and be the feet that go out to spread the good, albeit challenging, news. Speak to God in these final moments about whatever is stirring in your heart. O oh God, give me the courage and the strength to be worthy of being called a Christian. Amen.